Ciao, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is with Italian News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Thursday, April 21, 2022. Today is the birthday of my city, Rome. There is only one city in the world that has its own birthday and that is not the feast of the patron saint or of some king. Happy birthday to Rome, which is only 2,775 years old today. From the bottom of my heart, happy birthday to Rome, Caput Mundi. Dear friends, spring has arrived and this year at Easter, <coughs> Italians were able to celebrate more freely than in 2021 and especially in 2020. There is a feeling that the emergency is ending, but in reality the pandemic has not gone away. In the past week, admissions to intensive care units have dropped, but yesterday 200 Italians died from Covid and there were 100,000 new positive cases. These are not small numbers, maybe we're getting used to these numbers too, as bad as it is to say. Covid reinfection cases also continue to grow, mainly due to new variants of the virus. In the last week, the percentage of reinfections out of the total number of recorded infections is 4.4%. These cases affect in particular people with the first diagnosis of Covid notified more than seven months ago. In addition, more women than men are infected and more Italians in the 12-49 age group than people aged 50 and over. Moreover, that the virus has not decreased its circulation is shown by another surprising data. Researchers from the Lombardy region used a foolproof method to measure the circulation of the pandemic in Milan for almost two years, between March 2020 and November 2021. This method is monitoring of wastewater, where those who test positive for the virus release the coronavirus uh, when they go to the bathroom. The amount of virus circulating in Milan, and thus presumably throughout Italy, in November of last year is higher than that of the terrible first wave in March 2020. It is only slightly lower than the November 2020 wave and again higher than the spring 2021 wave. Nearly a year of vaccination campaign has not reduced the presence of the virus among us, but the drop of severe cases is clear. In Milan, hospitalizations dropped from about 2,800 in November 2020 to just over 200 a year later. But infections have not declined because vaccines protect against severe cases, but not against infection. Asymptomatic positives who do not appear in any official statistics were and are evidently several more than we thought and think. Many of them have received the vaccine doses and do not even suspect that they have been infected. This is not bad news at all. In fact, it's very good as long as the number of serious cases doesn't increase. If the virus is free to infect, it achieves its purpose. Evolution does not push it towards new variants capable of escaping our immune system. If anything, it pushes it towards more contagious but not aggressive forms, exactly what we have seen with Omicron. This does not mean that vaccinating is useless, if anything, the opposite. If there is much more virus circulating around us than we think, immunizing ourselves becomes even more important. And this means that the future that we see in the study is that of living with COVID-19, the coexistence, which is becoming endemic, that is present among us in a widespread form. That's what expected after the acute phase of a pandemic. But it also means that official indicators such as new daily positive cases become less reliable because they intercept reality less effectively. 
On the other hand, another study just released by the Italian National Statistics Agency regarding the period up to February 2022 states that uh, when analyzing the deaths of those in the official COVID death statistics in Italy, 9 out of 10 certificates attribute the virus as the cause directly responsible for the death. In 1 out of 10 certificates, instead, the death is due to other causes, among which the most represented are diseases of the circulatory system and tumors. This means that in Italy 10% of official COVID deaths were not actually caused by the virus. Therefore, COVID would not have killed 161,000 Italians by February 2022, as the official numbers say, but 16,000 fewer. Still on the subject of COVID, the government is still considering whether or not to eliminate the obligation of masks indoors from May 1st. It is likely that the obligation remains in the workplace, school and public transport, but not in stores, supermarkets and restaurants. Only next week the government will communicate its decision, and by that time it is hoped that Mario Draghi, who has been positive for a few days, will be negative to the swab. Draghi is well, is asymptomatic and continues to work from home in Umbria, carrying out his job but without meeting other people. Draghi could not go to Congo and Angola, where he was replaced by two of his ministers who signed an agreement to increase the supply of gas from the two African countries to Italy. In fact, our country continues to secure new billion cubic meters of gas while waiting for the stop to the import of Russian gas, which in Europe could happen next week. In fact, it seems that the European Union will decide after the second round of the French elections, which will be next Sunday, to avoid that the announcement before Sunday could push some French people to vote for the candidate who would like to agree with Putin instead of siding with Ukraine. In any case, Italy's Minister for Green Transition says Italy will be able to stop importing gas from Russia in 18 months by the second half of next year, and that two-thirds of supplies will be replaced in a matter of weeks. Compared to all other European countries, we have the advantage of having five pipelines connecting us to the north, south and east. Two more regasification plants are also on the way. Gas can be transported in the pipelines, but it also can be liquefied, transported in liquid form and then transformed back into gas with the regasification plants. The United States have already decided to increase the export to Europe of this gas, of which they are producers. Italy has three regasification plants and we will add another two that will be floating in the middle of the sea, because they should not remain forever, only for the period we need them. However, consumption will also be reduced. <coughs> the Italian government has officially decided that from next May 1st until March 31, 2023, in national and local public offices and schools, when it is hot outside, as to say in spring and, and summer, the temperature of air conditioners cannot be lower than 50 to 25 Celsius degrees, which is 77 Fahrenheit degrees. Besides, in autumn and winter, when it is cold outside, the temperature of the heating systems cannot be higher than 19 Celsius degrees, which is 66.2 Fahrenheit degrees. It means varying the temperatures predicted so far by only 1 Celsius degree. One degree is not much, Italians will get used to it. And speaking of energy, today off the coasts of Taranto in Puglia, Italy's first offshore wind farm is being inaugurated. It is the first of several projects already unveiled that could replace up to 10% of gas imports. This new plant is uh, not only the first to be built uh, in Italy, it is also the first ever in the Mediterranean Sea with an installed capacity of 30 megawatts, able to meet the energy demand of 60,000 people. 
It is the first step of a path that could transform the Italian seas in the hub of southern Europe for wind energy. In the last year in Italy there has been an exponential growth in the number of projects presented by operators in the sector, with an increase of 500% compared to 2020. The technologies, especially Italian, have made a leap forward with more efficient products and blades, and especially thanks to the floating plants. These plants are made off the coast, so as not to be visible and then overcome the opposition of the local population, and especially to go to intercept the winds where they are stronger and more constant, thus allowing projects finally to be profitable. Future plants will be concentrated mostly between Sicily and Sardinia and along the coasts of Puglia, where the wind is more favorable. I previously told you that today is Rome's birthday and to celebrate it I want to tell you about a wonderful new success of an excellence of my city, the Bambin Gesù Pediatric Hospital, which is using a groundbreaking new therapy that has shown preclinical promise that may lead to stopping the growth of inoperable tumors in children. Researchers there have developed a, a potential treatment for aggressive brain tumors which are inoperable and have so far been without any effective treatment. The therapy consists of a mixture of CAR-T gene therapy and pharmaceutical therapy, which has been, shown, has been shown to curb the growth of the tumors in a laboratory setting. It's still a preclinical trial, but it's a fantastic hope for treating and saving millions of children around the world. And it is also another gift that Italian researchers and science gives to the whole world. With Italian News, we'll be back next Thursday. We're taking another break uh, next Monday, because next Monday is April 25th. In Italy, we celebrate uh, the liberation of a country in that day, the liberation of a country from fascism. And I will be at the Sicily Rome American Cemetery in Nettuno, near Rome, to thank and to pay homage and respect to the 7,845 American soldiers buried there, and also to the 3,095 missing in actions whose bodies were never recovered and are remembered there at the simile Sicily Rome American Cemetery in Nettuno. The majority of these heroes died in the liberation of Sicily in the summer of 1943, in the landings in the Salerno area in September 1943 and the heavy fighting northward, in the landings at Anzio Beach at the expansion of the beachhead from January to May 1944, and in air and naval support in the regions. I personally, and all of us at We The Italians, will never forget their sacrifice. They came from each one of the 50 American states to die here for our freedom. Some of them didn't even know where Italy was, but some of them, many of them, were in fact Italian-Americans, and my and our enormous gratitude for all of them and for their fellow soldiers who liberated Italy and are buried in the other American cemetery will never expire, will never expire as well as our gratitude for those who were lucky enough to be back from home, like my three personal heroes who saved my father, Eddie Castaldo, Sal Di Marco and Anthony Tiso. Without them, I would never have been born. Once again, two flags, one heart. Thanks, thanks very much for seeing and listening to this episode. Please stay safe, please take care. I'll see you next Thursday. Thanks everybody, this was with Italian News, my name is Umberto Mucci, ciao from Rome.